It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class for short. EP 167 is now underway. Please squat down, pay attention, eyes up front, all that sort of stuff. Open your ears, close your mouths. It's time for Lax Class. Jake Elliott, Brad Challoner with the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Another monster episode on deck. Thanks for joining us. Lots to talk about this week. Let's get the rundown out of the way off the top here. Quarter four, Lax Class Locks. It's a good day in the Lax Class Lock domicile. Who you if got? Your last name is, if your last name is Elliot or Sheminauer, yep. I might add. Yeah, Jumbo Bucks are looking good this week. We'll get to that in quarter four. Who you got, of course, week eight. Light week eight in the National Cross League. We will discuss... Doubling down on interviews this week as Brad starts to twirl the wand here on camera. Let me get a look at that thing as I continue on. Your new Christmas stick you got there. A little black on black action. I like it. Uh, So we're putting quick sticks on the shelf here for for the foreseeable future. Unless something super important that we need to talk about comes up, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. But just not in the form of quick sticks. But we're doubling down on interviews this week. Uh, We have... Manager of lacrosse operations, Craig Ribzinski, also the longest tenured broadcaster in the National Lacrosse League. He and John Gertler have been around forever. This is Ripper. We asked him uh, coming up as we're recording this after we recorded him. What? What did he say, Brad? 23 years uh, doing the broadcast. So Craig Ribzinski coming up uh, in quarter number two. And in quarter number three, we got Patrick Dodds of Panther City Lacrosse Club, over to rookie of the week, overtime hero. Maybe something a little more coming up here on the podcast as well. And of course, in quarter one are Stampede Stallions in the week that was. But before we get to all that, Brad Challenger, what's uh, going on on your Monday evening besides uh, playing a little house lacrosse? Oh, it's going good, man. It's good. I'm not traveling this week, which was a little disappointing. I thought mm. I'd be on a flight Thursday morning. Or sorry, Friday morning heading to heading to Calgary and was really looking forward to that one after our December 30th yeah. TSN game of the week was postponed. So yeah, I had the had the day booked off work on Friday. I think I'm gonna go back in and bank the vacation day for another time. Right. But a little disappointed that uh Calgary is getting postponed that was again. A big but game too. Yeah, it really was. Vancouver and Calgary, like Calgary hasn't played since uh December 17th, I think it is. Did so they were really the- trying to get back and they're not happy with one and two especially after getting blown out on home floor by san diego like that sour taste that seal blubber is still sitting in their mouth <laughs> did you see how long it's gonna be before they play another game day wise it's like it's 30 47 47 oh my god yeah that's like it's like hitting a reset kind of a blessing maybe if you're Calgary because yeah. you're basically hitting reset on the season and then Vancouver's getting pumped up to play a division rival and maybe their biggest rival 
in Calgary, a couple of really good games against them over the last years since they've been the Warriors. And so that now that gets postponed. And, you know, a lot of people saying it was COVID related. No, I think it's completely money. Well, related. but it is still related to COVID, Brad. It's not because of the numbers that are happening positive case wise. It's the fact that they cannot have full attendance and have food and beverage being served in their arena during the game because of COVID, right? Yeah, it's not it's not a case where half the Roughnecks or half the Warriors have it, so the game is being postponed. It's because the from what I understand, the the Flames organization, the team that owns the Calgary Roughnecks, they just don't think it's worth to turn the lights on and, and turn a game in there. Well, it's probably without, not without food or beverage because they stand to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars if that's the case. Yes, they have NHL returning there, fifty percent capacity, no food, no beverage this week, but there's too many hockey games they have to make up. So they kind of have to get those in. I think they looked at the schedule. They found a couple weekends. They've already rescheduled the April 30th and they've already rescheduled this, uh, this game this weekend for February 18th. So they're finding games for these lacrosse games to fit in. So it's not hurting them that bad. It's just, this is the scenario you find yourself in. You're owned by a major corporation, right? Yeah, like well, Jamie listen. was able to pull off. Jamie was able to pull off something special in Toronto this week. And he told us on the show a couple weeks ago, I applaud it was the him. TSN game. It was the TSN game of the week. Like it was a chance to get a lot of eyeballs on and continue to play that game yeah. in Hamilton almost for the greater good. Right. And it's just different reasons. Yeah, that he didn't need to, in Calgary. he didn't need to, but he did anyways. And I applaud him for that. And I think he's going to do it again. But as we've seen Halifax, this all depends on the government and their restrictions or regulations. And Halifax is one of the strictest provinces in our country and they are going to have a heavy-duty, backloaded schedule, are the Thunderbirds, because of all this. But this is this is how it's going, Brad. I mean, listen, I've, what, been on the horse here for the last couple of weeks saying it's a matter of when, not if. And yours truly got, got it upside the head, uh, you know, just over seven, eight days ago. And on the mend, obviously feeling okay now. Didn't go through anything too serious. I'm glad I was double vaccinated for it. I can tell you that, Brad, not something I'd want to go through not vaccinated. I couldn't imagine how hard it would have hit if I wasn't. But again, like it's just something that we all have to deal with here. And let's just be happy that we're still playing lacrosse this weekend. Yeah. And every team's going to have to go through it. Calgary's back schedule is going to be back, backfilled. Vancouver's going to have to have a game to make up and it's going to continue to happen, I think. And you know what? Judging by what we've seen in the last seven weeks, it's made for good lacrosse because teams are coming off of long breaks. You don't know what to expect. Guys are coming off of out of nowhere, like Austin Shanks and, and playing oh, their first yeah. game of the year, putting up big numbers. Shanksy Rookies boy. are going crazy in the National Lacrosse League. Street free agents Connor are coming Watson. in and fighting Matt Beers. Goaltenders are coming in from everywhere. Like it's just it's made for fantastic entertainment. So yeah, I'm not. I'm not complaining. Back on these schedules, we're going to see some crazy stuff happening down the stretch, um, and and I'm here for it. It's it's been fun. It's made the every game completely unpredictable. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Well, nice uh, dark rainy night to record some lax class here. I don't know if you noticed, Brad, but I got this new uh, little little get up on here. Uh, I'm probably going to take like major heat for this thing, but it's. It's called a bro romper. 
a bromper, if you will. And it's it's essentially it's like a big it's a onesie. Old, it's a it's onesie. A onesie. My my four year old wears those. Listen, man, Avengers on them. I want to like fly on airplanes on this thing. I sleep. I want to sleep in it. I want to go to work in it. This might be the most comfortable thing I've and. <laughs> Daddy is like the biggest bargain hunter, shopper, professional you're ever going to meet. She said, oh, there's big sale, clearance sale going on on the weekend. So I took her over to the mall. She ran in there and she's like, I, I said, you getting me one? Because I know what they are. She likes them. I, you know. And there it was. One size left there for Jumbo. And I could not resist. Double I, XL. Oh, I kind of thought, oh, you know, put it on. I put it on as a jo- And I love it, man. Like, I don't want to get it. Have you have you watched it yet? No, I have not. I've only had it on a couple <laughs> hold, times here. I've hold been off as there. long as you can. I, I just know. hate like I, I, there's nothing. Some people I get, wash their in, clothes when I get as soon in, as they get them. Yeah, those, you know those people are nuts. I try to hold off as long as like if if I get a new hoodie, I will wear that thing until it stinks, until I absolutely have to wash it because a hoodie is never the same after that first wash. And I imagine you. I don't want to wash my warriors little onesie. Do you have booty? Is there booty feet? No, there? no. The feet come up. It's got a nice little zipper. It's got some pockets, even got a little hood in the back here. So you, you can breathe. And how far does that zipper go down? Oh, like you, you don't want to know. My friend, you do not want to know how far down this zipper goes. I can tell you that. Okay. That's yeah, all I'm going to say. No, I don't let, we got to get a photo of this though. You oh, get to get my. the photo out. Get a cowboy it's hat. Great. Great. What's that gray with white trim there? Yeah. No, listen. I think this is going to be a trend. This is gonna, this is this is, this thing is going to take off for men. Hey, and when you're not allowed, when you can't leave your house and you've got nowhere to go, oh, I'm surprised these didn't blow I'm up. Stocking like a up. Year and a half I'm ago. getting different colors. I'm doing it all. I'm telling you, the bro romper, the bromper. Look it up. Smash and tests. Uh, all right, Brad. Well, let's not waste any more time here on Wednesdays. One, one more question. Okay. What do you do when you go to the bathroom? Like, it's got to go yeah, all the, the way down if, and Well, if I'm standing, put it this way. If I'm standing, I'm just fine. But if I got to sit down, then, then things The whole thing's happen. coming off. Well, pretty much. But okay, that's what, enough. Brad? Once a day? Like, I think I can derobe if I need to. Now all this right. thing is right yeah. off the rails here. Let's continue. And on. I, I may never eat again. Yeah, um, <laughs> what ha- what happened this weekend? Let's start. What okay, didn't so, happen? I know. I, I I I put out a tweet or a poll on Twitter saying most impressive win of the weekend, and I didn't include this first game because I thought it was pretty uneventful. Buffalo and Georgia, like Buffalo. Um, pretty easy win, I'd say. There, they controlled the. They never trailed. They yeah. controlled. Moses lacrosse game. They win 12, 10. They're still undefeated on the season. They're big guys. They're still their big guys. And it just seemed like a, a ho-hum night in bandit land to kick things off on Friday. Yeah. I mean, what, like it was, it was a tight game, Brad. Like they don't, they won the first quarter four to two and then we're even the rest of the way, but it didn't feel like that. No, like, like Georgia was stretched the lead they would, and then, yeah. get a couple, but it just, it never, it never felt in doubt. Matt Vince is just—I don't get it, man. Like it yeah, shouldn't he, he leads, be able. Leads he, the league in in wins, save percentage, and goals against. Should not be able to do years old. what he is doing at his age. It just should not be happening. But there it is. Like he—he's gotten better somehow after a two-year break. It's—it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I think he's one of those guys that COVID did good. For. Yeah. You know, when you have that many miles on you, and you can take a break. Some of the veterans are looking a little oh, sluggish coming yeah. back, but not not, not the goat, not the seventh time, and dare we say eighth time if this year goes. If it was going out going. right now, who else are you giving it to? It's not even close. 
No, not not yeah, Frankie, but when, when he comes back after the couple games he had, but like that's it. The only thing I saw about this game floating around a little bit was it's almost like people are expecting more from Buffalo. That's why I think this game was a little bit uneventful. What more do they like, want? I think people want Buffalo to blow teams out, but I don't want teams to blow teams out. That's not good entertainment. Like this was decent lacrosse game and Buffalo did what Buffalo needs to do to it felt like they were just sort of keeping them in tow and saying playing a little bit of game yeah. of cat and mouse and keeping them within reach Sometimes before they teams can finish do that. it off. Sometimes good teams exactly. can do that. The game that did win the poll with the large majority of the vote for the biggest win of the season, and this might be the story of the year so far, Jumbo, but San Diego winning back-to-back games with rookie goaltenders as they do it again in Saskatchewan, who falls to 1-4. and four. Seals are 4-1 and one at the top of the West. A 12-10 win in Saskatchewan in remarkable fashion. Like, huge COVID numbers bitten oh. from the Seals before that game. I changed my pick. I picked the Seals on who you got last week heading into that game. And then when all the COVID numbers came out uh-huh. and we thought we were going to see another rookie goaltender again, I switched my pick, and that was a – that was a terrible move. Well, I'm glad you did. Still don't look like the rush. No, uh, well, they looked more like not certainly not in the first half, but in the second half they started to look like the rush again. But San Diego just kind of held them at bay. And listen, like another one goal lacrosse game here, and you can say what you want. I think if you're the rush, like this might be a little harsh, but like yeah, you've lost some tight one goal games. You could easily be three and two or, or four and one or, but you're not. And San Diego is. And listen, after five games, I don't think this is like a, this is a big enough sample size to say now. It's a trend. That you are what your record is. And you want to look at it another way and let's relate it to maybe Vancouver here a little bit. Like everybody was kind of like, whoa, Albany's 0 and 2. But now Albany's two and two, and they're feeling a whole lot better about Albany, where Vancouver started out two and zero, oh, and now they're two and two, and people are kind of like, "Well, you know, here we go again," sort of thing. They're both two and two, but it's just how they got there, sort of thing. But one and four is one and four, and four and one is four and one. The Rush have the same record as the Panther City Lacrosse Club. We'll talk about PCLC in a sec, but yeah, like I'm not. Um, I think there are a couple changes away. I'm not ready to completely bail on the rush. No, I think I'm not just, they're, saying that they're, at all yeah, either. It, no, and, and but quit and making excuses. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's it's one goal games. I don't think shoots the issue. I just think this offense is still a little bit out of sync. And once they figure that out, I think they're just a couple steps away from turning it around, and they oh. can turn it around in a hurry. They um, still scare me. Like Lindner's Lindner scored twice. Like I think he fits that system. I don't think he's he's the issue there. I, I've, I haven't minded the play of, of Dan Lindner one bit. He's got that chemistry with Matthews. But where I where I would be concerned is Courier is blanked again, and this guy just can't buy a goal this year. And that looks to me like the square peg in the round hole. Yeah, Marshall. I don't offense. even think played think, in that game. Like no, and and Shatler comes back. But those these are a couple of things that you know maybe. Maybe Courier sits tonight and they go three righties and we see what that looks like for an evening. Or Murphy, you know, maybe that's a Austin maybe that's Murphy. a trade. Maybe, maybe that's a trade chip. Yeah. I think Austin Murphy Austin Murphy deserves the luck. He's been around. He knows that in offense inside and out now. 
and I thought he showed well when he did get in for a couple of games there two, three years ago, whatever it was, and it's just sitting there. I mean, like Mallory and Curry, I'm sorry, have not produced at the clip that they need to for that team to be successful. You can't put it all on Robert Church and, and Mark Matthews and expect it to happen. Ryan Keenan's going to do what he does. But, Brad, listen, let I don't know why I keep saying listen, but I am. Let's go back to San Diego here for a sec. Enough about Saskatchewan. The San Diego Seals now 4-1. and one. And their yeah, it wasn't, two- it was, let's just say it wasn't a bad loss for Saskatchewan. It was a great win, a gutsy team effort by San Diego to pull that one up. They take in the private jets there from SoCal to Saskatoon. It's a blizzard out. And they walk in with another baby-faced goaltender making his first NLL start. And the San Diego Seals do it again, Brad. Like, with all the COVID and all the rest of it, their last two games have had goaltenders start back-to-back games and get their first victories. This is part of now Seals lore and their history that will live forever. Like, this is an incredible story. Yeah, it's got kind of team of destiny stuff really does. about it. When you can when you can overcome that adversity and have the solid play that Frank put up with at the start of the season, he gets put on protocol. Doby on one get leg. Two wins. Austin starts back early and still scores three goals, but it's it's a well-rounded oh, like Jeremy Noble leads the league in assists right now. Like he <laughs> is the the straw that stirs that drink. He's setting everybody up. Westberg is burying, Austin's burying, Dane Doby is doing Dane Doby things, <laughs> leads the league in points and goals on one at, leg at, at his age on one leg. Like he's power it's play. It's a well-rounded leg. attack. It was incredible to see the way that they move the ball and the way that they get different looks and different guys involved, like O'Keefe and and Trey Leclerc was blank the other night, but he's been a big part of that offense. They're getting it done. And the defense in front of these young goaltenders as well are are stepping up and they're blocking shots and they're they're giving these goaltenders good looks. And as Justin Getty, the Nanaimo native, as Vancouver Island had a big weekend uh, from Victoria to Nanaimo, all sorts of players getting in on the action. But great know, just video. what a pat on the back for great video of him coming into the locker room after the game again covered in water and then probably beer later and it's just say, that's it wasn't special, water Brad. it was not water <laughs> it's how special runs start with the things that have san diego has accomplished in the last couple of weeks they have this weekend off like 10 of the teams in the league do but they're uh they're rolling right now at the top of the west four and one give me a tough out Next up. What else we got? Next night, this and so this game had some intrigue for me too. This was the Albany Philly game. Again, another 9 a.m. West Coast Saturday morning ESPN game of the week. Um, absolutely love waking up to morning lacrosse here. And I'm sure fans in the East enjoying that 12 o'clock lacrosse too. So it's fun to get that early game out of the way. But Albany goes into Philly and puts together like a real tidy win all three ends of the floor goaltending defense offense throw transition in there i think it was a pretty dominating performance by the albany firewalls they just squeak one they just squeak it out but they led the majority of that lacrosse game philly's offense looked stymied and out of sorts and i think it was an impressive bit of a statement win by albany as you said earlier jumbo their two and two looks a lot different than some other teams two and two and they're definitely trending in the right direction right now they are two straight wins another one goal lacrosse game like this is what the nll is going to be all year long here and i think this is more what albany is 
trying the race to 10. Remember Colorado kind of four or five years ago, Brad, when Dylan Ward was just ridiculous and Colorado couldn't really score goals, but if they could get to 10, they won most games and slow start for Dougie. I think he's figured it out. And I think we all kind of knew that he would, he's too good of a goaltender not to, and the offensive pieces are starting to kind of fit together. Rue's picking it up. Q's contributing. And I just think this team is just going to be a kind of a, a junkyard dog sort of squad on the back end that grind you down and try and hold you under 10. And if they can get to that number, which they didn't, but they still won a 9-8 final here. And Joe Nardella, who was kind of picked on a little bit by Baptiste in, in their first two head-to-head matchups, had his way in, in, in matchup number three here, 14 out of 21, which was also a catalyst to that victory. Yeah. And that it's the whole ball team for Albany. You know, they've got, they've got Watkinson and Tony Malcolm and the guys that create some transition off the, off the loose ball. But even when Nardella's losing them, he's forcing turnovers and he was attacking Baptiste and he was chasing down loose balls that he wasn't winning cleanly. And it's a whole, it's a whole effort. And I think that's part of Albany's game that gets um, unlooked too, is just how well they do run the floor. They've got a lot of big bodies. They push tempo really good. And something Paul Day mentioned a few times during the broadcast, during interviews, saying that, you know, they're playing kind of a zone D that teams aren't used to seeing. They're playing like a 2-1-2 with a guy in the middle. And Philly didn't really know what to do with that. Like, their passes were getting knocked down. They weren't sending cutters through. They were kept to the outside. And they were sort of frustrated. And Mm -hmm. I think, just what you said, wearing teams down, it was a different look that teams aren't used to. They're giving Dougie the the looks that he needs to be successful and make saves that he's going to make. And yeah, it kind of, you, you just spot on with that junkyard dog mentality and their offense is getting together. Now they got Benny, they got a focal point there now that you have to respect. And Joe Reseteris looks like things are starting to fall yeah. for him right now, which yeah. is a scary sign. I mentioned uh kitten couch lacrosse last week. Yes. Corey yes. Small with three absolute darts. I can't remember last time I saw it, Brad, where, he put one so hard into the very top corner, it went through the net. He, yeah, he ripped the net. I don't, he was the only thing going on that on that Philly offense, especially late in that game. Couch cross. Just still one of the best catch-and-shoot players in the sport. And, yeah, to put that heat on it, I, I've never seen anything like it. That thing went right through. They celebrated. Yeah, and they like, all they did. Sure. They, it was, yeah, that was. You don't see it. You just wild. don't see it. Um, yeah, but Corey, that was Corey Small still one of the most pure shooters in the sport. Two more to go here, Bradley. TSN game of the week. So this was uh, in Hamilton in front of no fans, as we mentioned, and I think turned out like oh, phenomenal broadcast. Pat Gregoire makes his debut. John Abbott second game, actually docking back, providing some, some excellent little nuggets throughout that game. But I didn't know what this game was going to look like without fans, but. I think the pre TSM production did a pretty good job of not making that a focal point. A lot yeah. of close shots on the benches, a lot of tight shots on players walking off. You could hear the D feel. talking, Brad. You could yeah, hear the defense. That was one talking. thing too. You could hear the coaches yelling. You could hear the communication. And that's one thing that we do miss when it's just crowd yelling and music cranked the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was an entertaining game from start to finish. 14th, another. One goal lacrosse game here, Brad. Another Over- another overtime. Overtime game, so. in this one, and this one goes deep into OT. 
Yeah, and the other one we'll talk about in a second went deeper. This one goes almost nine minutes in before Steph LeBlanc finishes off just outside the top 10 of length games in the history of the National Lacrosse. I think PCLC went 10 minutes and 50 seconds. That's the fifth longest overtime game in, in National Lacrosse League history. So these went deep, but... Can I ask Halifax. a question before you do, you, do you have that list in front of you somewhere? Yeah. Because I did one, I want to say in 2012, Minnesota, Edmonton might even have been a playoff game, Brad. And it went long, long, like past the 10 minute mark, I want to say. And I think that's got to be right. Yeah. Here so here, yeah. February 10th, 2012. So not a playoff Minnesota game. Beats, Minnesota beats Edmonton. 12 minutes and 23 seconds. Oh, who gets who gets the game winner in that one? Oh, I want to say my boy, Brian Banesh. Brian Banesh, yeah. I, man, I will never forget that game. And, like, imagine me, Brad. Like, this is my first year kind of full-time NLL. Imagine me 12 minutes into an overtime game just going berserk. Like, I was freaking out during that yes. game. Sweatband oh. headband rule in effect, KTSC. and that's only number that's only number two. The longest game of all time went to double OT in 2010. Boston Blazers beat the Orlando Titans 12-11 on a Sean Morris goal, oh. 16 minutes and six seconds in overtime. <laughs> no ties so they, in the NLL. So they finished. Yeah. They finished. A one full 15-minute OT, That's then went to double OT, and Sean Moore scores a minute and six seconds in. Unbelievable. But more from this Toronto game, like things that stood out to me. Shanks. Halifax hasn't played in, what was it, five weeks? Over a month, yeah. Jamer, Cody Jamison comes back. He looked like he was shaking off yeah, a little bit of rust. But Austin yeah. Shanks played his first game of the year, scores five. Clark Peterson doesn't score, but Highlight puts like a night. boatload – of assists. Bushi looked good. So it's like they're having a well-rounded team is going to have different guys that step up for those big nights every time. And for Halifax on their left, on their righty side, it was Austin Shanks with that glorious mullet. <laughs> Just everything so falling dirty. for him. Look, look great. so look dirty. Great. Highlight of the night, too. Like, not just, you know, Sports Center top 10 here, Brad. We're talking highlight of the night, the old uh, slam dunk uh, quick stick. Yeah, intentional or unintentional? That was intentional. Full on. Austin Shanks, if that was, you know, I don't want to throw anybody under a bus, but Austin Shanks doing that, that was certainly that, intentional. I, I'm torn, man. That shot was, it was so, it was, it was well wide. And to have the fortitude that this is what I'm going to try, I'm going to, I'm gonna oh, you that. mean the bank off the board? Yeah, the bank off the board. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know yeah, about that. that. That was some people were saying intentional, some people were saying non-intentional. Yeah, shot yeah. off the glass. Well, I, mean, I don't think it, that looked intentional to me at all. It is something that teams and players will talk about and try to each other. Rarely does it ever work, but I know guys do try and talk about it and execute it from time to time. Less so work to yourself. Like more so if yeah. the righty's fucking off the glass and then the lefty's there on the crease, but but you I, do it to yourself while you're running to the wrong side of the floor. I, no, I, I, I will say this, Brad. Like, I think it's way more likely that you can pull it off doing it for yourself because you know exactly where you're going to put it and when you're going to put it there rather than somebody trying to set you up for a play like that. So that's my piece on it. Uh, but Connor Watson stepping right out of the extreme lacrosse league, Bradley, into the Halifax lineup there and, and potting a couple for his first NLL goals. Troy Holichuk, who ends up taking the loss here for 
Toronto coming in relief of Nick Rose. And this is number three here, right? This isn't even Hutch, who I believe is their number two. That might change. I don't know. But Troy Olachuk, very impressive in his NLL debut. And how about Challen Rogers, who in a transition role puts up nine points with two and seven. The guy... I'm running out of work. Good face-off battle in this one, too. Almost dead even between Withers and Ireland. Yeah, TD TD looked well in his in his second game and, and you know, didn't play a ton of defense, but battled for loose balls. He's got that low center of gravity. It's tough to take the ball away from him when he wins it. Yeah, Challen just doing ridiculous. Like, he doesn't come off the floor. He it's... plays out of the back gate, but then he'll go off, and then if they get a second possession or something, he's coming out. He's still quarterback in the power play. No Rob Hellier. And the way that, like, he wasn't that good of an offensive player in junior. He had two-way capabilities, but to see what he's doing now, you know, the no-look, the Mark Matthews sort of fake shot pass that he's maybe one of the best in the The game. outside shot, the drives, the one-on-one moves, the pick game. Like, I think he sets one of the best picks in the league. Like that. When he's such a, he's such a big athletic force, too. Like Tough he loss, that pick and then he, he spreads your legs and he's got, you know, he takes up a lot of real estate to try to get around that or blow that up. You, you can't. Yeah. No, I, and I, the way I that he rolls away from it. I really thought Toronto was going to come back and, and grind that out. They won the second half seven, five to get it to overtime. And Steph LeBlanc, Brad, who has been quiet out of the first couple for Halifax showed up against his former club, including the overtime winner. Yeah, you could tell that he wanted that. He was he was fired up. You don't hear a lot of Steph LeBlanc interviews or anything, but Ashley got him right after the game, and he had some great comments about feeling on the schneid, and you know that he loves to go into Toronto and, and pump them full of lead, you know, like that. He spent a lot of time there and and put up a lot of big, quiet numbers for that. Big season. time. So numbers, nice to see him big get off. Paul Lichuk, you're right. I want to touch on him because he just looked so poised, and I think that's the benefit of being able to hang around that rock room as long as he's been able to that's you know the practice roster for Toronto I think is one of the most impressive year after year because they can hang out at the track and and groom and have a stick in their hand at all times and I think Holichuk is a guy who's benefited from that taking shots midweek from Dan Dawson that's gonna that's gonna help you as we touch on Dawson here Jumbo oh um 300th game we waited moves in a second all time 1447 points just walked watching sort of history in the making and then watching him want to end that game like he still he still had it in him to battle for loose balls and then try to take matters into his own hands and finish things off late like he has still has that heroic dynamic and capability with him at 40 in season 20 at 1,447 points. 300 games. And the goalie scored to break the record pretty, pretty as well. And, yeah, like he tried to will that team back to a victory. He almost got it done. But what can you say, Brett? The the best right-handed lacrosse player to ever play inside the boards. Sean Evans might have a little something to say about that in a, in a few years from now. But right now, like Dawson... He's the best. He's the he's the right-handed goat and a, a a real innovator of the game as well. Like he's one of those guys. Like he's always played offense. Well, for the most part, except really, really early in his career. But 
He's adapted his game as the years have gone along as well. And another one of those guys that just makes everybody around him better. And those guys are special. The way that I've always described him in these last, (laughs) the last half of his career, the last 10 seasons, um, is is guys like that to me, they see this game in, in slow motion. They let the game come to them and then sort of read and react. And he never looks panicked on the ball. Nothing is ever forced. There's never any bad decision-making. He just, he can hang on, takes a step back, he gives his head nod, or he tells a guy where to go and he starts the motion. And he's just on a different playing level. He's like, he's a real quarterback, right? Uh, He can see it all develop. He can tell, show the young guys where to go. Zach Mann scores a couple of big goals in that game, and he comes right to the bench. And you see Dan Dawson put his arm around him and probably say something to him like, "You know, this is this is your night, kid. Like this is what we've been waiting for." And just still has that after all these years. And then on top of all that, just the ultimate leader as well. Like I think if you go around the league, anybody that's been a teammate of Dan Dawson and put. Shooter and Doyle and Johnny T and Brody and all these guys in that conversation. I think the majority tell you it's Dan Dawson that they want as their captain. And such a great spokesman. Like I, I love every time there's oh, a microphone in his face, the best. he says something Poignant. important or he says yep. something like, I remember what was it? The heritage cup when all the stuff was going on behind the scenes with with team Canada a few years ago. Remember they, they won that game and I don't know, the question was completely unrelated. Like, Hey, how was the game? And he automatically just started launching into things are broken behind the scenes and we need to fix Canadian lacrosse. So it starts at grassroots, like put a microphone on his face and he, he's going to drop some knowledge on it and have some intelligent things about the game. So when Dan Dawson's done, get him in a booth, get him covering because you need to hear what he has to say about the National Lacrosse League. I've got some some little quick nuggets I want to drop on you, though, Jumbo. Drop them. Four, so 20 seasons for Dan Dawson. 1,447 points in 300 games. That's 4.8 points per game over his 20 seasons. Okay. Makes him the second highest scoring player in the history of the National Lacrosse League. Second most games played. Uh, highest scoring right-hander of all time. Looking at other guys that could get there, okay? So, JT, still at the top of the heap, was 1,749. Sean Evans, I think, has a good chance of getting second all-time, as you just mentioned. He's 203 points back of Dan Dawson. I think he gets it. And five years younger. So, if every play is another five years at 50, 60 points a season, which I think is completely doable for him, he could get there at, at second. The other guy I think that could maybe make some noise down the end of his career if he continues up. Can I guess? Somewhere near the pace. Yeah. Who else do you think could get there? Not, I'm not saying JT. I'm saying let's just look at maybe second place all the time. Who can get there that's active right now? Well, I don't think Dobie's going to get I want to say Dane Smith for the pace that he has been on since the onset of his career. I think if he keeps his numbers going the way that he's trajectorying, I don't think that's a word, but I'm going to use it. Dane Smith would be a guy that comes to mind. Um, he's he's the first and foremost that, that pops into my head. Who are you thinking? The, the first one that came to me, the one that I crunched the numbers for. So you're gonna, I'm gonna, 
I have homework to back this one up. I don't have homework to back the Dane Smith one up, but Mark Matthews, mm. 783 points in his first 139 career games so wow. far. Wow. That's five. That's 5.6 points per game over his career. He's just shy of 32 years old. Okay. Body he, and, he would need 664 points. And at that average, 118 more games at a healthy season. It's only six and a half years away mm. from Mark Matthews. But would put him at, he needs six and a half more full healthy seasons at 5.6 points per game. That's a lot. He'll be just shy of 40 That's a lot. to get to second. I don't think he gets her. I don't think, you want to put a bet on that? We're going to put a seven-year bet on this? Well, Mark I, I plan to still be friends with you. Okay, I hope so. Okay, we'll put what, put a fifty down. Sure, I'll say Mark Matthews gets second all time one day. Okay, I'll take that. Okay. I'll fifty take bucks. That. Okay, mark the tape down. Put this in the vault. EP one sixty seven. It's done. The other fun, the other fun nugget I just wanted to throw out there was um, <laughs> Jeff Teat. <laughs> stop <laughs> it! Just stop. 12, stop. Twelve points. Twelve points in his first two career games. Stop. Six point per game average stop. would take him two hundred and forty one games. Okay. To get the second. Well, lots of guys have played that many in the league. I would think, well, maybe not lots, but more than than 300. That's for sure. All right. We got one game left. We'll wrap wrap things up talking about Jeff Teat here, who makes his return. It feels like forever to the Panther. So that New York Riptide lineup, he scores a hat trick, scores some absolute brilliant goals. There's one where he had two defenders draped on his back and he sort of ducked down, folds his body in half rolls to the inside in between both defenders towards the net and scores. Like I, you won't see many prettier than that this season, but his riptide score a bunch of goals late and force Panther Thank city goodness they did. to overtime. Thank goodness they did. It did not look good in this one, which we will talk about coming up in, in quarter four for the lax class locks, but it did not look good. Nine, three at one point. I was so, and I probably, I don't know. When I saw that Go Abrams was starting this game, I had a bad pit in my stomach, and I could not understand the decision from Dan Latasseur to do it. Orleman ended up coming in, I want to say about two or three goals later than I probably would have got the hook out, but the Riptide were able to, to grind their way back in this game, and once they did, I thought, okay, there's no way they're losing this game after mounting that comeback, but... Not to be the case as Tracy Koleski and his Panther City boys get their first franchise win, courtesy of, of Patty Dodds, who had a big night for the rookie. And what a game that was. Another one-goal lacrosse game, Brad. Another long game as well, as you mentioned previously. This this game going deep into overtime, and it was really, really entertaining. And uh, Panther City got it done. But, I mean, I'm happy for these guys because they've been close kind of all year long and come up a goal short here or had a bad five-minute stretch there. Yeah, like they gave up the big lead, but I think that's a real big learning lesson for these guys that you can't take your foot off the pedal. But then to be able to show the resiliency and, and get the job done in overtime I think is a real good sign for this squad. Yeah, it was gutsy. Fifth longest game in National Lacrosse history. They go 10 minutes and 50 seconds in, which was wild considering there was nine goals in the fourth quarter yeah. alone in this game. So, like, balls were falling late, 
and then both goaltenders shut the door. Both stopped, I think, breakaways. Dominey had a great chance to end it with his seemingly fourth breakaway. Two crease goals night. called off. Two crease goals called back. Um, some great opportunities. And, yeah, they go deep. And, you know, my favorite thing about Panther City Lacrosse Club so far is that I think we get more mic and camera time out of Tracy Koleski. He's been an absolute <laughs> treat and quote machine this season. And I'm buying what he's selling. Yeah. So it is nice to see them get over the hump, put it together. They were devastated by COVID too this week. Like they lost Hasek and Caputo, which were two of their top players, if not their two top players so far this season. So that was resilient, gutsy win by Panther City that I think uh, that I think they can build on. Totally was. And that was the week that was. Brad, we still have to do something here quickly. So let's mount up on the horses here and get to the Stampede Stables. <laughs> Stampede Stables here, Brad, and we just talked a lot about all the games that just took place last week. But before we tell you who our stallions are, I got to get this in here. New Year, lots about shopping local at Stampede Tech, and they truly support, or they truly appreciate the support of the local community. They'd like to thank all their customers from coast to coast who have also shopped online and in the spirit of keeping things local. They were want to remind everybody of their fantastic selection. I'm struggling with the read here today. Canadian-made boots from Boule, Canada West, Blundstones, of course. Job, uh, boot. <laughs> I, I feel, on, I feel like on. I'm Rick Dollywall right now. Boots for the job site, riding horses, riding motorcycles. You can anything that you need a boot for. Essentially, they are going to have it. They're out there in Cloverdale. They've been there since 1966. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. And that might have just been the worst read I've ever done on this podcast. Uh, Stallions of the week, Brad. Let me have it. I'm going with, not to suck up to the guests we're going to have here in about uh, 20 minutes, half an hour. That's exactly why you're doing it. Exactly. You know, sometimes sometimes you got to butter up. Butter up the youngsters that are making their debuts on, on lacrosse classified. But Patrick Dodds, the hat trick in Panther City, the overtime winner to go down in PCLC lore as the first win in franchise history. But just, you know, the kid's 20. He still has another year of junior lacrosse left, and they're feeding him the ball with their game on the line in OT. And he's what they've got on that right side. Like, he is their guy. He's six foot three. He's a big body. He can take punishment. He scores from the inside, he scores from the outside. He's not a name that the National Lacrosse League knows of yet, but he's the rookie of the week last week. He could very well be the rookie of the week again this week. And if he's not, hell, he's the Stampede Stallion anyways. Giddy up, uh, he is. And this guy might still have another year of junior left on, on his table as well. I'm not positive on that, but I'm going again, Brad, showing the union all sorts of love here on lax class i hope the guys are paying attention to this talk about buttering people up. holy cow Pandering justin getty welcome to the stable son you were this week's stampede stallion of the week for my pick and brett like you know getting a getting a victory in your first start is one thing to do it against a desperate rush team on the road in saskatoon that is that is some kind of performance there from Justin Getty, which has earned him the Stallion of the Week. Brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear, of course. 
Huge opening quarter there. We still got more to come here on EP 167. Second quarter is coming up. Craig Rzinski from the Rochester Nighthawks is next on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Landon Miller. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. All right, lacrosse fans, back into quarter number two we go. And here on EP 167, before we get into our upcoming interview here, I want to let you know about Rycor Construction, uh, new to the podcast, brand new sponsor here and on board for 2022. Rycor Construction, their slogan, make it stand out. And they definitely do that. I've been, I've been checking out their stuff on Instagram and on Facebook at Rycor Construction, Inc. Their website is www.rycorconstruction.ca. Family owned, operating out of the lower mainland here. Need a, a kitchen or a bathroom or some flooring, decks, fence. They do it all. Rycor Construction. We thank them for hopping on as this interview is brought to you by them. And back on the podcast here, voice of the Rochester Nighthawks for the last 87 years, uh, Craig Ritzinski <laughs> back on the podcast. How long has it been, Rip? I should know this. Is that, have you have you hit triple decades now? Are you into year 30 or something like that? No, I, I'm in, this is my 23rd year, but uh, only my 21st as a broadcaster. And you know, if you have, we, do you have no, if you have more games than Gertler? I think, I think you I do. do. I, do for the, I say yeah, I do. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, con- pretty confident in that. Okay. I am. So I, the, I looked it up. You looked so it up. What's, the, <laughs> okay. What's the number? <laughs> Let's hear it. I've been doing, I don't, you know what? A consecutive games. I think I'm at like a 370, I think. That's, that goes back to 2001. That's John Tavares, Dan talking, Dawson territory. The only yeah, broadcaster in NLL history to clip 300, I would say. Yeah, pretty and close. Yeah. And we're talking home and road radio, obviously all the webcast games the NLL has done over the years, but a little bit of everything for yourself. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an evolution that I've seen in, uh, in broadcasting. I've done radio on just, uh, you know, the two-line system where I needed two phone lines to – um, just a web streaming to using a nice Comrex unit. That's just an ethernet connection to uh, actually doing some games on my cell phone because there was no connection. <laughs> We've done so. it. We've done it. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there. Uh, well, it's great that you're back on the podcast, man. Thanks for making some time. I know, uh, Jake, it's Jacob, right? Your boy's name. Like, that's why I remember that. That's right? my oldest. Yeah. yeah my oldest a little basketball yep. uh, practice going on for, for Jakester. How'd that go? Uh, today we got over a foot of snow. Oh, uh, so everything was uh, everything was canceled today. So me and my two boys and my wife went out and uh, well, snow day. Yeah, shoveled the driveway, played a little snow football. Awesome. That's always fun. So yeah, well, you must have wow, got what did... we had here, right, Brad? Like we had a good. Well, the whole dumping. I saw the whole like Niagara, the St. Catharines region got like uh, rumored four feet, and I was seeing Toronto <laughs> got hit really hard. So I guess the 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 whole East got smoked, but still. Um, everything's a go for for friday night against the georgia swarm i hope and in rochester yeah yeah everything is uh full steam ahead for uh for georgia i know we had to you know move the game against calgary on uh, on the 8th which is now rescheduled now for uh april 22nd but uh yeah we're uh, guys are raring to go they practice on sunday it's the first time that we've had the majority of the team together for over a month how long, like, yeah, you guys have been off for a while, it feels like, Craig. Like, you haven't played a game, the Nighthawks, that is, for, what, like, better part of a month? 
Yeah, December 18th was our last game when we beat uh, beat Albany. Um, said goodbye and to the guys as they bust home, and little did I know that I wouldn't see them again until you know this past weekend. Jeez, and and every team sort of, and this is what the whole year is going to be for. I think every team there's going to be a lot of stopping and starting, and you can handle it two ways. You can handle it like the Halifax Thunderbirds last weekend and come back after five weeks and and be healthy and return some bodies to the lineup and get going or you can struggle out of the gate. I think we're going to see some teams doing that. Um, how much has this Rochester Nighthawks group been together over the last month? And how do you think they're going to look coming back into a double header after? after yeah, that? right. Like that's the yeah. other thing. You take Welcome a month back. off and then bang, Welcome bang. Back. Yeah. Road home. Yeah. No, we were off for a while. We had planned a two week break over the holidays. And then obviously uh, we had some COVID protocol. Um, you guys got hit pretty hard. eh, rep like you're, you're Yeah. We did. We got uh, we got hit pretty good over the uh, over the holiday, over Christmas, and then uh, the New Year's break. Uh, like I said, the, the first time we'd been together was Sunday. Um, the guys were just raring to go. Uh, Mike Burke, that was his first practice with us, um, so he's in our practice squad now, and everyone is pretty much healthy and and back to a hundred percent. So, you know, I know we've had some Zoom calls too. Uh, to try to keep the guys together and get them, you know, make sure we're watching film and breaking down film. So we'll be together on Thursday night and then, uh, then we'll be ready to go Friday. Yeah. And you know, a, a lot of new bodies on that Nighthawk roster that, that we want to touch on here. One guy that's, that's no longer on the Nighthawk roster is, is Evan Kirk. And that has got to sting a little bit, you know, I, I don't know what exactly kind of transpired. Like I think, if tell me I'm wrong here, but I think you guys kind of knew that it might be spot duty for Kirk. You might not get him for as many games as you want, but then it changed. And it was like, we're going to have Evan Kirk all year long here. And then it changed again and said, we're not going to have Evan Kirk at all due to his uh, tr- police training. That's a tough pill to swallow as a really big free agent kind of get. I don't know if anyone else was going to be able to get him, but long winded question here, Ripper. Uh, Hartley in his time stepping in, I've been really impressed. It looks like he's taken a step or two forward in his game. I think you guys are going to be okay in goal without Evan Kirk. Yeah. I mean, obviously um, losing Evan, a, a guy of his quality on and off the turf, uh, you can't really replace him, but you know, Ryland is, uh, is the kind of guy that lights up a room. He's always smiling, always happy. Uh, I think he took some kind of marketing one-on-one class because to win a game and then have a fight at the end of the game was probably the most publicity we've had. in I don't even know how many years. Hey, kid but, gets uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's played, he's played, you know, he played that one game. He was outstanding and, and now he's the guy. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of loyalty in, in lacrosse and for better, or for worse sometimes. But in this case, you know, Evan Kirk does have a history with, with Mike Hayes in, um, I think that he he liked what Dan Carey and Mike Hazen were selling to sign with this club in the first place, along with, um, you know, Dan Coates and a lot of the free agents that you guys have picked up. Do you think if all goes well, there's a good chance that Kirk returns as a Nighthawk because he like, likes what he's seeing in this group going? Yeah, I know. I, I mean, obviously I can't speak for Evan, but I, I think that he likes the culture we're, uh, we're building. I know he and, uh, he and Coatsy had talked um, during their free agent period about where they wanted to go. Um, you know, so they made the decision to come to Rochester. So, um, Evan's great. I worked with him with the Hamilton nationals way, way back when it seems like a lifetime ago. Um, and we would love to have him, uh, back in a Nighthawk uniform. I don't know if I've ever asked you this, Craig, like when you started with the Nighthawks, was it when Kurt Styers bought the team or were you involved before that? 
Um, I got here in September of 1999 when Steve Donner uh, was the owner of the Nighthawks. So the Nighthawks had just lost to Toronto uh, in 99. That was the Rocks' uh, first championship. Uh, so my first full season with uh, with the Nighthawks, we lost uh, with one second left, Caleb Toth. <laughs> I'll never forget that year. Yeah. yeah. My first game um, that I ever watched with the Nighthawks, John Grant Jr. It was his first preseason game. Uh, and Casey Powell was out there. So I'm like, wow, this is going to be been really... pretty spoiled back there. Yeah. Rochester championships galore. You've called some like huge games in those championship moments as well. Like as far as broadcasting goes, you've been pretty spoiled with the amount of, of, big games you've been able to call in this league. Yeah, I know it's, uh, you know, with the original Nighthawks, there weren't a lot of up and downs, you know, pretty much we were consistently in the playoffs. You know, you had a couple of hiccups here or there. And then, uh, you know, with a new franchise, it's something new, exciting. I really got re-energized, like even in my, in my life, um, you know, when, uh, when the Pagulas took over and it was a chance to work with Dan Carey and work with a new bunch of people. Uh, and build something here. Um, and calling every one of those games was kind of like I was calling my, my first season of lacrosse again. So, awesome. uh, and this year has been the same way, you know, we had such a long break, yeah. uh, and then calling that first game again, I was like, wow, I really missed this more than I thought. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> you, all of us, brother, all of us. Um, how's the fan base taking to Rochester 2.0? Like, do they care? Uh, it depends who you ask. I mean, we've got a nice solid core of fans like the Tim Nabs of the world and, uh, and the Childers family. And, um, you know, you still see the old, the old teal and purple, but you know, as we kind of get along here, it's, it's turned more into the army green, black and gold. Uh, I, I, people just like to be entertained. Right. And it's, especially during the break during COVID, uh, I kept in touch with a lot of fans and they just really, really missed it. Um, you know, they were going online and watching old games and I was doing that myself because you never knew when it was going to come back. So it's, I think the fans have really embraced it. Um, but it's, it's trying to get back out and re-engage people. Takes time. Know, let them, yeah. Let them know that, Hey, you know, we are still here. I still think there's a small percentage of people that may have thought that we had left for good. Um, and you gotta, you gotta hit every, every part of the, uh, you know, Rochester and the suburbs and, we got Ryland Reese and Dan Coates living here. Um, and that is one of their primary jobs is to get out um, and engage the community as much as they can with, uh, you know, all the protocols that are, that are happening. Um, so we're just, we're just hoping to, you know, as you said, you know, get people to come back and it's, it's a grind, but I think eventually we'll kind of get it back up to where it was. Yeah. It's just going to take time. There's no doubt about it. I think we've seen that league wide. There is still a lot of trepidation in, in some people about coming to arenas with lots of people. And it's just the fact of life that we're living in. Uh, you mentioned people wanting to get entertained and a guy that has not only impressed me, but entertained me is Bertrand. I, I cannot believe this kid went undrafted. He wasn't on my radar either, so, you know, throw me in that pile. But the way that this guy has taken to the game of box lacrosse, big, athletic, lefty, gets how to run a pick and roll, and, like, not afraid to play inside the boards here. Like, this kid, I like, I think his upside is is through the roof. Yeah, I think he's one of those diamonds in the rough that uh, that Dan Carey found. I remember the first time that he was with us and the guys are like, who, you know, we know this guy from the PLL, 
You know, we know that he just won a national championship with Virginia uh, the one year that he was there. Right. But who is this guy? Like, <laughs> you know, what, what can he bring here? And I asked him, like, have you ever played box lacrosse before? And he said, I played hockey. This is my first time. And that was literally like in training camp. And then he comes out in one of the preseason games and has two goals and two assists. And everyone's like shaking their heads like, wow, this this guy could be really good. And it's almost exactly sorry, Brad. It's almost exactly what the Nighthawks needed. The type of player, the position of the player like that fell right into your lap. Yeah, we were looking for a lefty, too. Well, that's what I mean. Like, he needed yeah, a lefty, so oh, big know, how body. Did the, how did the dialogue start? I always wonder about these, uh, you know, the Americans that jump in with no experience. Like, how? who picks up the phone and says, are you interested? Is it them? Is it the coaches? I guess it's different in every scenario. But how did Dan Carey get hooked up with, with Bertrand? That's a good question. I remember oh. he, sent her, he, he sent around some. You just gave him a good question, Ripper. That time. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> interrupt you there. So he sent around um, – some video to the coaching staff and Dan said, I think this guy's game can, uh, can translate to the box game. And, uh, he said, you know, would you guys be interested in, in us bringing in Bertrand? I know other teams were after him as well. Um, and all the coaches said, yeah, let's, let's get this kid, see if we can get him on board and see if we can get him in Rochester. And, uh, we, you know, we got him signed and he has been a great addition uh, since he got here, he, he impresses me every time he's out on the floor and he's such a nice guy too. He's like very humble, you know, uh, not one of those guys that, Hey, look, I'm scoring three goals a game here. You know, I'm the best going No, He is really, really humble and down to earth. I, I guess from sorry, that area too ish. Yeah. He's from, uh, right around the Syracuse area, Baldwinsville, New York. So it's great for him. Cause his family can come in and watch the games. He actually got to go to his brother's birthday party on one of the Sundays after one of our home games. So he's, he lives in Boston, but you know, he's always, uh, he's always in the area for like, you know, holidays and, and special events. So I'm actually looking at my camera now, Brad, uh, the audio <laughs> levels just keep going up and down. So I'm like constantly when I uh, like this, playing when it points like this. How long we've been working together. I still like got to work on the chemistry a little working. bit. Um, I want to say the guy on the other side, same kind of body type, but Ryan Smith, who took a little, you know, a couple games to to kind of find his his groove. But I think this guy's going to score a boatload of goals in this league as well. And you mentioned humble. I I, I get that impression from Ryan Smith as well. Just kind of wants to fit in and go about his work and and produce and try and help the team win any way he can. Yeah, that's absolutely uh, him to a T. I think early on. And when you got a guy over there like Sean Evans and Sean, you know, really kind of dictates our offense. I think Ryan was, uh, you know, just taking a secondary role and we really needed him to, uh, you know, be one of the guys over there on the right side of the offense. He had struggled a little bit early in the year. He hadn't scored a goal. Um, it was the Albany game where he had his first professional hat trick and you can tell you have a good team when all the other forwards are like, Hey, you know what, this is your night. We have a feeling that you're going to really produce tonight. I know you're going to score tonight. And once he scored one, you know, then he popped in the other two. So yeah. um, I think his confidence is, uh, is, is getting higher and higher. The more and more games he plays and the more comfortable uh, he gets in our offense. Sean Evans is still putting up numbers. Jake and I were just talking about him in, in the first segment as you know, he's only congratulations to, to Dan Dawson this week, but Evie's only 203 points behind <laughs> Dan Dawson and five years younger. Like I think this five. he's got a real shot. I don't know. Yeah, that's... a real, real shot at ending up second 
all time eventually if he's you know he's on that's only 50 points a year for the next four years like that's easily doable with what he's done Quick, man. Um, you were there <laughs> you were there Rev, when he was a fresh-faced 21 year old coming into the league who fought just as much as he was scoring back then yep. um you know it's rochester 2.0 it's evans 2.0 now but what do you make of his maturation over the years and how far he's come to that to that 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 rookie that was so raw so long ago I have clearly seen the evolution of Sean Evans. Have you ever? <laughs> have you ever? Yeah, so he you're right. He was kind of a brash rookie. He had done so much, right? He won a Minto, a man, and an NLL championship all in 2007. He was kind of like that guy would go out there. He's a lot of energy. He could score a goal. He could fight, you know, get an assist. Um, I think as he's gotten gotten a little bit older, he's really embraced that leadership role. As before, he kind of had some guys to lean on. You know, we put him with, uh, you know, John Grant Jr. And, and Sean Williams were on the other side of the floor uh, from him. They were our, our good lefties. And, you know, he could always, you know, lean on Scotty too. is, uh, you know, one of his older brothers uh, when he was here. But it's I think the first time I'd worked with him since he had left Rochester was with Team Canada uh, back in 2015. And I said, man, you know, you're married now. You got a couple kids. You know, now he's got four kids. And I, I really saw a change in him when he was playing with Team Canada. So when we brought him in here with Rochester, people would say, well, oh, man, Sean Evans, he's back. It's got to be a headache for you. And I said, you know what? No, he's been great. You know, Shawnee has really matured and he works really well with the team. And he's kind of one of the leaders off the floor. Um, and like I said, I have seen him go from like, he was almost like one of my kids Kid. when he yeah. first got here. And now he's kind of, you know, he's gotten missed a couple thing. of flights early on. Yeah. Ripper. Oh, yeah. yeah, I get it. I guess speaking with Craig Rosinski and, and obviously Evie is a big part of the culture, but I think the other big part is, is the big dog there in, in Polly Dawson, your captain. And there's another guy that maybe was a little bit haywire and loose early on in his career. And not that he, doesn't have the the switch to to flick on if he needs to, but he does so much more than that now for for that club, and not only on the floor but in a leadership role as well. Yeah, he does. He's uh, he's pretty buttoned up, like as uh, just as a person. You know, he's a firefighter. Kids, uh, man, it's the kids. That's what happens, yeah. eh, Craig? Like you have a kid, and all of a sudden perspective oh, yeah. changes. Absolutely. You know, now he's a dad, and uh, you know he got married a couple years ago, and. Uh, now when I call him on the phone, I could hear him. He's, uh, you know, feeding, feeding the baby. And, uh, he's like, uh, but he's, he's great. You know, I, I, Sean Evans is a great veteran and, and Paul Dawson is kind of, you know, if you have a kid, that's the kind of person you want him to grow up to be as someone like Paul and, you know, Dan, and it comes from their, you know, their late father, Joe, who was, uh, just a big, great, outstanding man with a huge personality. And you can really see that in, uh, in Dan and Paul and, um, I respect the heck out of, uh, Paul Dawson. I can kind of consider the, the, they're, you know, Paul and Dan kind of like brothers to me, you know, they've always been really good to me. You know, Dan, let me stay at his house. The one time when there was a camp up in, uh, uh, up right near Oakville. Um, and we always talk and text to each other and always razz on each other. So, um, Paulie's my go-to guy, man. When I'm booking trips or I'm trying to pick out what food we're eating on the road, yeah. I always I always call Paul Dawson. He said that I, I bug him more than his wife does. So, <laughs> <laughs> not bad podcaster either, eh? Rip, like getting the job done there over on the back of the bird. 
Yeah, he's doing a great job. I told him he's got a career after uh, yeah. after he's all done playing lacrosse. Who knew him and Dan Lomas would be uh, Good stuff. the one-two punch yeah, on there? Funny stuff. Funny well, stuff. You, you can drag him up into the booth in a couple years when he's uh, when he's all yeah, set and done. Next Chris Driscoll up there, maybe. Yeah. Oh. But um, big <laughs> big weekend this weekend. Obviously, uh, being being so long off and then jumping into a doubleheader against George on Friday night and then against Philly on Saturday night in Philadelphia. Um, Bit of a defining weekend, I think it might be. Like two teams that are going to be in the hunt with you guys for a playoff spot. Is this a sort of a make or break weekend? You think this will be a good test to figure out where Rochester is going to stand for as we approach the halfway point of the season now? Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a huge test. I mean, you could end up, you know, we're two and one. We could go two and three, or you know, four and one. You know, and then we're within striking distance of Halifax and uh, and Buffalo. So this is Georgia. You know, welcomed us back to the NLL in a. Uh, you know, not so uh, welcoming fashion. That was our first game as a new franchise and they really took it to us. And then Philadelphia really beat up on us. Uh, I think we lost 12, four, um, one of the games right before the, uh, the season ended. So I know there's a lot of guys that were here before that really have that in the back of their minds that, uh, you know, this is a Nighthawks team that can compete, um, with Georgia and Philadelphia. Uh, obviously you've got to get the first one out of the way. Lyle Thompson is, is always, you know, the guy. Uh, so it's going to be real tough. It's a, I mean, both of those teams, you know, they both suffered losses and they're, they're both going to be hungry to, you know, to pick up some more wins this weekend. Well, Craig, uh, we're recording this before we record quarter number four, who you got. Uh, I don't want to spoil things for anybody, but uh, I'm just going to say this. I'm taking you guys to win one game and lose one game this week, but uh, might surprise you on... <laughs> which games I think those might be. Listen, man, you, uh, you're looking great. You're sounding great as always. Tom Borelli winner, award winner, Craig Rosimsky, voice of the Nighthawks. Always appreciate your time, Ripper. This is a lot of fun. Best of luck to your K-Hawks this weekend. Not too much, but best of luck to your K-Hawks this weekend. All right. Thanks a lot, Jake, Brad. You guys do an awesome job. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can uh, pop on here at the end of the year and we'll be talking. Uh, oh, you got like, enough rings there. Playoff preview? Playoff preview? Maybe, preview I don't know. Maybe. Not enough. Maybe. Enough Maybe. rings there in Roch Vegas. I think you're <laughs> All right, Craig. We'll Thanks, talk Craig. soon. Nice to see you. Talk soon, right. brother. Yeah, good to see you guys. There you go, Bradley. Back-to-backs. Uh, Back-to-backs. Yeah. Always interesting, Jumbo. Like, the, the, the whole conversation always is, is that the team with the hot sticks that has played the night before that is clicking and maybe can make some adjustments on the fly. Philly has a two game weekend as yeah, well too. So we'll get to all, all of it and who you got in a few minutes here, but a wild weekend that features three games between four teams, no so Western teams. What? No Canadian teams, no, no Canadian Western teams, teams, no Western teams. So a lot of, um, Weird a lot of Philly and a lot of Rochester <laughs> this week. Hey, so yeah, hey man, we'll, we'll as long the as there hasn't, there's only been one team that's played a double header so far this season. That's the New York riptide. So we're really getting in, even though there's only three games this weekend, I feel yeah. like we're getting into the meat of the schedule here in week eight, we're going to start seeing double headers. We're going to start seeing, you're going to start seeing a lot more double headers, right? Like I think they're going to start to become a little more apparent and prevalent as we move forward here, as the back half of the schedule gets backloaded because of cancellations and what have you postponements. Uh, That was a lot of fun there with Craig Ripzinski brought to you by Rycor construction, of course, coming up on the other side, coming off the rookie, of the week, the previous week, I have a feeling he might go back to back here, Bradley. 
Three and five, Panther City gets their first ever franchise win. And we're going to talk to the man who scored the game-winning goal in overtime. Good Victoria boy, Patrick Dots, coming up in quarter number three. Lax Class 167 is back after this. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Jason Noble from the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class as we move into the second half on EP 167. Jay Kelly, Brad Schellner with you. And now joining the podcast for the first time is the 21st overall selection back in the 2020 entry draft by the Calgary Roughnecks. Now a member, also a Minto Cup finalist back there in 2019 as well. Now a member of Panther City Lacrosse Club coming off Rookie of the Week honors. I just said uh, in the previous segment, Patrick, I think maybe back-to-back might be in order here. Three and five, game-winning goal in OT, all the rest of it. Uh, welcome to Lax Class, man. That was uh, a pretty monster goal and a big win for your Panther City Club. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll walk, We'll go through the, the technical stuff in a sec, but it must have just been elation. Like, Did you guys get to enjoy yourselves in uh, on Long Island afterwards? So I had a quick interview after the game. The boys gave me the... Uh, the old water bottle shower uh, mm. when I got to the locker room. I think I saw that. Um, Check out Instagram. <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, being it was a three-hour game, we uh, almost uh, however long it was. Um, yeah, I know we definitely had a few celebratory pints, but <laughs> nothing too <laughs> nothing too mental, that's for sure. Is that uh, your first time uh, in New York? Like, did you get out and see anything or do anything while you were there? I guess not, probably with COVID going on. Yeah, no, I've, I've been to New York a couple times in uh, high school, playing tournaments and stuff like that. Um, but we didn't really uh, – we showed up late on Saturday or late on Friday night, just kind of prepared Saturday blue out sunday so not much time to see the city or anything but yeah uh well i mean i'm sure you'll be back another another day patrick uh all right let's get back to this big victory here and it was a bit of a wacky game patrick where you guys were up big the riptide comes storming back and and then it's a, a close one for a while did you what was the bench like while all that was going on when you're a new team and a team without a a victory that one could have probably easily slipped away from you but you guys managed to hang on and then get it done and what was it a long overtime as well just kind of walk me through the whole scenario what was going on there yeah for sure I think um I think we all felt pretty pretty good come into the game our first quarter was went pretty well um second quarter not not so bad as well um yeah i think we're i don't know if we're up by five or so maybe four or five going into the into halftime i mean and i guess um that the, the halftime slump third quarter came out a little flat and then they started going on on their run answered back a few times in their in their run but yeah. ended up being tied at the end of the game there um thanks to orley um <laughs> I mean, it could have gone either way. Orly played 
a stud of a second half, first half as well. Um, so we were able to keep ourselves in it over time. And then Short Crawford side. had one. Went, yeah. went review, no goal. We had one called back. Yeah, I forgot was, about that. It was an unbelievable sequence and pretty happy that we came out with the W. And then for sure. You hit the you hit the short side and I and I thought you were kind of looking at that side of the goal a couple of times and just kind of missed your spot, Patrick, but you finally kind of hit it and, and watching that thing go into the back of the net had to be pretty exciting. Yeah, it's definitely definitely a good feeling. It's one of those uh one of those plays where the kind of the ball's in your stick and then you shoot and you're holy cow, we just won the game. It all happens so fast. And I read I read in the post game report, I think you said something like it was a design play. You tried it the shift before, and I think that was a stop or the shot went wide. And then you guys went back, same play, and it worked like a charm the second time without TV timeouts, without the team taking a timeout. Like, how does a play like that develop on the fly? Like, is that something rehearsed that TK barks out for you guys to go out and try? Or, like, how did you know that was the play you guys were going to execute at that moment in time? Uh, I'd say a little bit of both. Obviously, we try to touch on as much as we can in practice and shoot arounds. But in that case, it kind of just came down to Teeter and TK coming together. Like you say, barking out a play at us and we just try to execute it the best we can. Teeter obviously set a few couple massive picks there down low for me. So it worked out. And I feel like it's kind of the, like this whole, this whole PCLC group has been kind of fun to watch. Cause I think TK really, is selling it as, as a group effort. And you guys are all in this together, obviously. And, you know, for a rookie like yourself to be the guy that has his ball in a stick 10 minutes into overtime is pretty huge. But I, I guess that my question is, is that the MO from Tracy Kolesky? Like you guys are all young. This is something that we're all building together and everyone's going to get a chance to shine on this team and on this offense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think all of us, um, guy, young old guys respectively have had, pretty awesome junior careers and we've all been on uh winning teams uh, but coming together I think it's just uh I mean everybody's got a great opportunity here um I know TK and, and Teeter trust us all and uh we're just trying to I mean it we're one and four right now so obviously there's still a lot of work to do but they have the trust in us and the, and the group we have going forward what's it like Patrick I mean I don't know if I ever had three hall of famers on a bench together, coaching me before, like, how do you, how do you, as a, as a young player, just try and soak up as much as you possibly can from all of those guys? Yeah, that's a, definitely a tough task for sure. Looking at all those guys as a uh, rap sheets in their playing careers. <laughs> like, and not only, not only are they taken, even if you took out all the, all the lacrosse accolades and whatnot. They're just, they're awesome guys. Super easy to communicate with them. And they, they care so much about our team and everything that's going on. So, I mean, it's not only are they amazing coaches, um, X's and O's wise, they're amazing people. And you want, you want to, I for one and the team, we want to, we want to play good for uh, for your coaches and yeah. for the team. Right. Cause you, you, uh, you look up to those guys for sure. What does that bench feel like 10 minutes into overtime? It's the fifth longest game in NLL history. I don't know if you know that, Patrick. Like it went, you guys went deeper than almost anybody's been 
been before in the national lacrosse league. And even just myself as a fan sitting back watching like every save in that OT becomes so important, especially after a nine goal fourth quarter, like fourth quarter floodgates are open. Then OT starts and both goalies are, are standing on their head. Just what does that bench feel like 10 minutes in into OT? Yeah, it was a talk about being on your toes. That's for sure. I mean, I saw the tweet today um, that it was fifth longest game and it was, it was crazy. Like, I mean, we lost to Philly our first game and that was the first play of the game. Everybody knows the rule. They're supposed to score on the first possession, right? So (laughs) for it to go 10 minutes, um, Halifax and Toronto went like was that number four? I don't know. Like that one seemed to go. That was just it was just outside the top ten. They went like I, I don't know. If I think they went eight sixty, which would have been okay. one of the highest of all time. Eight sixty. That would be nice. Sixty. Sorry, wow. sixty eight minutes. They went sixty eight minutes. You guys went seventy plus okay. fifty seconds. But like you must think like any mistake is going to cost the game. Like you know, just just the pressure must have felt like that one of the biggest moments you've been in your career. Yeah, I'd I'd say so. I mean, everything compounds down to one mistake, one messed up loose ball. I mean, I think we had a we had a breakaway along with they another breakaway that both of the goalies made great saves. It was just one of those things where kind of in the moment you don't really realize it, but the amount of chances, the good saves, the opportunities, like we're on the power play didn't end up scoring, but it was just a, it was a crazy overtime. That's for sure. Definitely the most, um, I wouldn't say, I definitely haven't played in a game like that before. Yeah. Speaking with Patrick Dodds, Panther city lacrosse club. And you tell me Patrick, but looking back to, to 2019 and the Minto cup, and that was kind of the real first time that I had spent a significant amount of time kind of focusing on your game. And you did a lot of things really well back then, but I, I wasn't, as sure as many that you would translate into what you've become for me, from what I can kind of tell on the outside looking in over the last course of two and a half years, you've spent a lot of time getting your body right. Has that made a big difference in your game? Yeah, I'd say so. I think I would have been, I think I was the summer out of high school when we played the, the Minto. So um... you're a big kid, but now you, you look like you got your man's body. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I kind of took advantage of that COVID um, two or two and a season and a half off. Put on a put on a bit of weight. Put on a bit too much weight, and then took some of that weight off. Um, I think as most of us did. Not to say that COVID benefited me, but I I made the most of having no lacrosse and uh, hit the weights pretty hard for that year. So yeah, I'd I'd say so for sure. 2019 definitely was a, a special group and it was a crazy weekend for, for Island guys and guys that you came up with this week in the LL. Like Mance, Zach Mans yeah. had a monster night. McCauley got his first goal. Um, there's still guys coming into the league like Huber and, and Austin Madronich in a couple of years. Like that was a special group that you played with the guys that you came up with together besides just, you know, living on fantasy Island. Like what made that group click guys that you grew up with playing that are all in the NLL now? Yeah, I think um, our, our two minor associations, um, the Sanch Tigers and um, the uh, West Shore Whalers. I think, and then we all join up at Claremont. So I think we're all we're all best buddies, and we all play together. Um, adding in that Victoria is just for whatever reason a hot spot for for pretty decent lacrosse players coming out of here. Um, 
And I think credit credit to our our Victoria Shamrocks um, coaches and management. They do a great job in what they do and gave us the best opportunity we could in that that year there. Um, it was a uh, it was a pretty pretty awesome year. Hopefully, go back to Minto this year though. That's for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. You still got. <laughs> Another, another chance to do it, which good. people forget about. Like that's that's just wild. Um, who's your favorite Victoria-born lacrosse player? Oh, I was going to ask this. Good job. Oh, that's that's pretty tough. Um, Close, Bradley. Doesn't count. I don't know. Is Kevin Alexander a Victoria? Oh yeah, boy? he is. Uh, oh, okay, he's yeah, the legend. Yeah, the legend. I wasn't hundred percent sure we were. Never seen him play. Born, but... Come on, you've never seen him play. <laughs> I've never seen Kevin Alexander play. <laughs> no, I, and no, because he was he was my dad's favorite player. So then I kind of associated with that. Obviously, um, not like a Bruce Alexander, or maybe a Chris Pratt, or yeah, I'd say. Um, and I'm good buddies with um, Kyle Pepper, oh, yeah. uh, Grant Pepper's kid. Yeah, um, they were good. So that that team, the um, the Marichuk, uh the gates of course 90 i want to say 98 with that one yeah uh very good team those are those are the teams i had to go up against patrick you're giving me the shivers here uh thinking back to those <laughs> days uh the old nightmares yeah man it was not an easy time coming over there to victoria and taking on the pepper twins and the gate twins and the we Hamilton's. love we love kevin alexander though like i got a chance to work with him in the broadcast with for a couple seasons and he's remained uh a, a close contact since then, but yeah, just, just for guys that don't know too much about him, he was a, uh, tell us more of what, you know, like we know that he was a wizard and then he was innovative with his stick skills and what he actually did with the physical product of a lacrosse stick, the way that he pinched heads and, and did shooting strings and, and all that. But what, what's your, do you have a Kevin Alexander memory or anything that you've been around him? Um, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know him. Um, but obviously, like you say, I'm just an absolute wizard with the ball and the stick stringing sticks and whatnot. I've actually got a couple traditional sticks um, that he strung up. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. save, save, those, so. yeah, save those things. Well, back when, when I used to travel with the stealth, you know, Kevin and I would mess around out on the floor before the guys, while they were getting ready and stuff. And you know, the little hole in the, the, the scorekeeper's window that, you know, they put the ball through to the, official. Oh, yeah. Kevy would stand out at center, so like at the face-off dot, and would like he would make it more than he would miss it through this hole. And I was just like, oh my god, absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So there's your Kevin Alexander story for you. I got one more here for you, Patrick. And and down there in in Fort Worth, Panther City. I know you guys are working hard getting the the community and people engaged with that team. The Crowds have been a little light across the league, uh, but what are you guys doing down there too? In Ga- I know that a few boys are living down there with Caputo and Grennan. Um, what what kind of things are Panther City doing to let people know that they got a professional lacrosse team in town? Yeah, I think our our uh, management team, uh, social media team is social media is fire. Yeah, it's second, good. Really second good. to none. They're yeah. they're amazing. Uh, they're they're great people. Also, I think I mean we've been in the community. We were at the food bank uh, down there for an afternoon and and just promoting what they what they can. I mean, every time we're just kind of hanging out down there, buzzing around, we'll we'll be kind of promoting our team and um, of course. Um, and a few wins yeah, will I help think, that too, right? Patrick, get some wins yeah, on your belt; they'll generate I think, some buzz. I think 
I think that definitely helps. Um, I mean, once I think once you go to Dickies Arena one time, nice. You eh? want to go back there? Is it rad? Nice. Like everybody I've talked to so far says, it's spectacular. Um, I've been in. I wouldn't say I've been in a lot of uh, nice arenas, but I've definitely seen a few, and that uh, out of attention to detail, that that arena is amazing. We are oh. uh, we are very lucky to be playing out of there. Do you have a favorite barbecue spot yet? Um, I wouldn't say I don't have a favorite barbecue spot yet, but I'm a big taco guy, oh. and uh, Torchy's Tacos is uh, oh, is a is a good spot. So if you guys are ever down there. It's on the road trip bucket list. Tacos. Sure. Let me get that into my phone. One more, yep. one more for you. Send me, send you on your way, Patrick. Where you got a week off. Jeez, most of the league had 10, 10 teams have the week off this week. And then everybody is in action on Saturday, January 29th. It's the one in four Panther City and the one in four Saskatchewan Rush, which I don't think anybody saw happening uh, to start this to start the season. That's a big one. You guys rolling into Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. For the first time, Patrick, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have started looking at tape or anything and studying that team, but you know, you're going to be going up against a, a pretty good and physical defense. What do you, what do you anticipate in that game? Yeah, of course we've um, already started gearing up, gearing up for that game in a couple of weeks. Um, I mean, watch out for number eight in black and green. That's all I can <laughs> say. All I can say. Yeah, no, I think we'll just prepare, prepare as, uh, as you do for any game, watch your film. Obviously, do uh, do our best to be as most prepared as we can, and then uh, see what happens a couple Saturdays from now. Patrick, uh, well done here for your first time on Lax Class, man. Best of luck with you and, and the Panther City boys the rest of the way, and uh, I'm sure we'll cross paths sooner than later. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure, Patrick Dodds, 21st overall pick back there in 2020. The Roughnecks uh, got snapped up there by Panther City, and I'm pretty pretty sure they're pretty happy they did, Brad. Yeah, he's their, he's their premier righty right now, and they obviously like the upside that, that they sought it to draft him in the expansion draft before he even played a game for the Calgary Roughnecks. Like, that, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen a lot to have that much upside and 21st overall pick by, by Kurt Malowski and Mike board. So they liked what they saw, Kyle and, you know, yeah. just a good kid. And the Vancouver Island is always cheering for good Victoria boys. And he's one of them. There's always, every time he scores a goal and he's, he's getting retweets by everybody up and down the Island. And <laughs> they, they roll pretty deep with the Shamrock logo as, as we know. And he's, he's a fan favorite and kid, he's still got another year of junior before he becomes a senior. Uh, that's that's like he's gonna scary. Be, that's scary. He's going to be lighting up the summertime for, for a long time to come here. Too. You know, I'm, I'm still not exactly sure. Call me old. I'm, I don't know exactly what the whole Island boy thing is, but uh, our buddy Teddy Jenner put out a tweet when Zach Bands had a, a big night for Toronto. And of course, Patty Dodds did as well. Where are these two guys from? And, and <laughs> And Garrow just like straight up tweets him back with like the link to the BC Junior website. It says Victoria. Like he was going for the whole Island Boy theme sort of thing. And, and Garrett's like, they're from Victoria. And it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Teddy Teddy knows that, Garrett. Thanks for. <laughs> if anybody knows where those guys are from. No, it's it's nice to see the pipeline. Like, hey, the island has been great for a long time. But, you know, to get back to the Minto in 2019 yeah. is, is huge for that group. And now the mix, the next, I think those share yeah, yeah. yeah. And they will again. And then the next wave of those guys that are moving up are going to be in the mix in the national lacrosse league for a long time. Speaking so, of to Nanaimo too, a lot of good Nanaimo talent um, coming into the league and will be coming to the league 
in the next couple of years. So look out for that side of the island as well. Speaking of uh, BC Junior Lacrosse entry draft coming up at the end of the month, Brad, uh, Janu- January 29th, we'll be doing that. So look forward to that. Uh, one final break here, and then we got who you got. And, of course, Lax Class Locks are coming up. Be pretty happy to hear this one on the other side. EP 167 rolls on right after this. Hey, this is Blaze Version of Team USA and the Philadelphia Wind. You're listening to Lax Class, throwing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back, Lax Class, into the fourth quarter here on the podcast. Coming up, Stampy Tech and Western Wares, who you got in Lax Class locks, of course. Sometimes, fellas, life is about accessories. I know that, you knew that, you know that, and Stampy Tech knows that as well. Belts, everybody needs a belt. I need multiple belts. I like having a lot of different belts, different buckles, different colors. Stampy Tack, a perfect place to pick yourself up a belt. Only using 100% leather belts. Made in Canada. Belts that'll last the test of time. You get yourself a good belt, it'll last you a lifetime. Book it. Stampy.CanWesternWear. Stampy.ca. We're shopping online. It's still shopping local. Head out there to Cloverdale. I got to get out there to Cloverdale and go see Kevin and Naja. I, I still haven't got them their hats out there yet. A lot of things have been going on. I'm going to get out there. I think to, I'm going tomorrow. So just put that in your calendar, fellas. Uh, Evan, welcome back to the podcast here for Stampy Tax. Who you got in Wax Class Locks? How's it going? Once I stopped banging my head against the wall from that rush performance on Saturday or Friday night, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's like, do I care anymore? The wow, blowing it like Whoa. this. Do you care? Are you throwing your jersey on the turf, Evan? We going I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing a paper bag, but it's right. like spoiled there. It's a sto- like uh, seriously though, man, you guys have won like 150 games in the last four years and you start out a little slow one year and you're ready just to give up. This, oh. this isn't slow. This is, you had a rookie goalie. You had half a defense, which hasn't played with the team all year. And you couldn't do anything with it? Well, they lost like two by... goals in that first half. Like, come on. Yeah, first half was bad. Second half was better. But we're not here. We already talked about that game, Evan. So let's move along from that. No, no, I got I want to I want to pick Evan's brain on something. Right. I'll ask you one question. Does does Josh Courier finish the season with the Saskatchewan rush? I think I don't know if he he's their next game. I wouldn't be shocked if he's dealt by that time. I think but he's the no, best, he's, he's the best. He's the best chip they have right now. Moving forward, if they want to mix something up, I'm, I said it earlier. I you weren't with us, but like Lindner's finishing. He's got the chemistry with Matthews, but square peg, round hole with Curry right now, and I think something's got to give there. Oh, you know what they need is they need a Marty Dinsdale type. That's mm-hmm. exactly what they need. Agree yeah. with you there, Evan. All right, fellas, uh, it's time. Who you got? It's time once again to play your favorite podcast game. Who you got? There you go. Who you got? Uh, All right. 
let's get this out of the way right off the top here. Week seven winner. I should probably pull. You got this information in front of you, Evan. I want to get the the town here right. Uh, and we got a fantastic email from our week seven winner, Eric Della Rocco. Goes immediately on the all name team here. Um, Eric sent me, took the time to send me a, a really let, nice long email. I shared that with you guys as well. Rotterdam, New York, just outside of Albany. He's been listening since the podcast first came out back in 2018 and has not stopped. Letter carrier back there in New York, working 10 hour days in the cold and all the rest of it. And keeping a lax class, keeping him company. And, uh, he's really happy and proud to be our week seven winner. Five for five. The only guy, right, Evan? The only guy. Yeah. And I you know our picks were god off. We were all two for five. But Brad, so Brad, what? Fourteen points. I got thirteen points. You got twelve points. So you finished yeah. last. It was just where literally we all got our eights, and it was where our second pick sat. Tough week. Tough week. I, I'm going against the grain here this week. I'm just going to say that. So who's hosting uh, this week? Is it the last place or first place? I Ch- can't remember. Chancellor won. He coasts, I guess. Oh Again, God. another another God. week, another win. I think I'm getting sick of getting sick 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 of soak. What am I trying to say? I'm getting I sick don't. of hosting <laughs> this segment. But I guess you know, winner's going to win, right? Okay, we'll start. Not in first off. place anymore, by the way, either. Hey, I'm, in, I'm in. I'm in spitting distance. I'm in spit. Only in a three game place. week. Only a Keep three game down, weekend, so I don't know how much ground people can make up. Uh, make up well, this weekend, but well, that makes it worse. Games, that's why I'm three going games against the this green. weekend. Three games this weekend involving four teams, which is unreal. No, no West Division. No Canadian teams. We'll start things off though. Friday night. Glad we got a Friday, Saturday, Sunday sked, even though it's only one game per day. But uh, we'll start Friday night, four o'clock Pacific time. Rochester Nighthawks two and one will host the one and three Georgia Swarm. Evan, who you got? Georgia just has not shown it this year. I mean, they have moments of brilliance. They just cannot finish a game. Now, keep in mind, this is only an eight, seven, six week, and your tough games to pick are going to be big points. So give me Rochester for a six. J.K. Elliott, who you got? <laughs> Making you say it. This is where I'm going against it here, fellas. I think well, I'm going to give away my next bet, but I think Rochester wins at least one game this weekend, but I don't think it's their first one. And I think Georgia is due. They've been knocking on the door here. They only lost to Buffalo by one or two, and I, I just think they're going to get over the hump here and – they're going to do it against the Rochester Nighthawks. Give me Georgia for a six. See, I think I think friendly confines at home. Rochester is going to do them well. They haven't played in forever, as you heard Ripper talk about. But getting back together as a group, I don't think it's going to take them too long to, to mesh and gel. I think their best chance of winning this weekend is at home. Give me the Nighthawks with an eight. Saturday, 7 p.m. Then Rochester somehow has to get to Philly. We should have asked Ripper this. I don't know how they're getting from Rochester to Philly for 7 o'clock Saturday night. I think it'd be wise to to bus and not expose themselves and kind of play it safe. But Pardon me. we know the East is expose being hit himself. with monster, monster <laughs> snowstorms this weekend. Expose so hopefully everybody gets the COVID to Philly. Yeah, right? <laughs> Hopefully everybody gets to Philly safe, but uh, Rochester will be in Philly second half of their back-to-back Saturday night. Evan, who you got? 
Yeah, I agree with you. I would be busting this. I wouldn't ex- risk two airports and a and a plane ride and God knows what else. But here's the thing: uh, when you look at what happened with Halifax last week, which they hadn't played in what five or six weeks, towards the end of that game, they started to get sluggish. Right, the the legs weren't working the way they normally do. Rochester's not only got a significant layoff, but back-to-back nights. I think that that might be an issue. Give me the wings for an eight. Jake Elliott. I'm, s- I'm so tired of that thought process. They're going to be worn out, legs playing back to these guys. are finely tuned professional athletes. Playing two games in a weekend is, is fully doable for these, these fellas. Told you already, Rochester's getting a win this weekend, and I think it comes against the Philadelphia Wings, who have been kind of skating by there on their on their home floor. So I'm going Khawks in this. This we're making up some ground this week, boys. Seven for the Khawks. Book it. Yeah, see, I said a minute ago, I think Rochester's best chance to win is Friday night at home. Phillies had a bit of a home stand here at the few games in a row. I think they're comfortable. In Philadelphia, they get back into a night game, a little bit more routine for the guys there. You know, their offense didn't look great against Albany, but I think they've got some things to to clean up. And against a young goaltender for the Rochester Nighthawks, I like Philly in this one. More experienced offense. I like the way they're playing D. I like their goaltending. Well-rounded wings team. Give me a wings with a seven. This is it. So... You know, two for five last week. I'm down the standings. I need to make up some ground. I actually, in in my gut, believe that Rochester is going to beat Georgia and Philadelphia is going to beat the Nighthawks. But the way things have gone for me so far, I'm taking the, the opposite of what I kind of actually feel and think. And, and I think this is going to work out in my favor this week. My name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. <laughs> Take the opposite. Just wait till next Sunday. segment, Challenger. You just wait. And then we got Sunday lacrosse, one o'clock for us on the West Coast. Going to love this on Sunday. But the 0-4 Riptide going to Philly. Philly's playing back-to-back nights at home. They'll be three or no, they're well. They say three and two on the record. They could be four and two by that point. Riptide still looking for their first win. Philly on back-to-back nights in Philly. Evan, who you got? Yeah, it'd be, it's, I'm going to be interested to see the, how the crowd numbers look of when they play this back-to-back. I mean, season ticket holders, you're going to get the tickets. Football but, uh, on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it works. Um, Philly's going to have a lot of road games in the back half of their season. Yeah, they oh, are. They're, they're loaded, front-loaded with home games for sure. Well, and, and on the flip side, the Rush, I think, play five of their last six at home. Mm. It's a little bit crazy, but... Um, yeah, it, with the Riptide, it's prove it to me first. Philly for a seven. Jake Elliott, who you got? Yeah, this this is the one for me where I'm not picking the Riptide until they win a game. And Orleman coming in played really well. I need to see him start and play well for 60 minutes and I think if he does that I know it's a lot of kind of pressure put on one guy but I I think that's the difference with the Riptide right now they need a full 60 out of one of their goaltenders and I just think Philly's better in that department coming into this game so I'm taking the wings here to bounce back after losing on Saturday to the Rochester Nighthawks give me the wings with an eight yeah and of note 
I think Penny was put on protocol last week, which was why Clayton was on the bench behind mm-hmm. Zach Higgins. So we'll see what happens this weekend. Is does Pen- is Penny back? Does he see action if Higgy stumbles on night one or night two? Um, you know, I, I think the Riptide have to win at some point. I think they looked pretty good against PCLC and they're they're scoring goals right now and you just mentioned that they need that 60 out of their goaltending do it bro. Talon crawford was shut out do last it. weekend that doesn't happen two games in a row do Give it the tide oh he's doing it in the wind column put the new york riptide in the wind column it has to happen their best chance to do it is on a sunday the back half of a back-to-back against the philadelphia wings put it down with a six. Oh, Ooh, there's the door say goodbye to third place there's your, there's, that's where i'm gonna get but jump back into second or first here philly of note though um one of the worst attendances so yeah. far in the like this year. i don't know what's going on in philly they're usually pretty diehard but now well, that their sacred eagles are gone maybe a little bit more eyeballs come back on the wings now maybe there's some hate for the rest of the nfl now that the uh, the Eagles are done. I, I don't know what to be frankly honest. I think Philly just been very, very honest about butts in the seats. Yeah, maybe. Maybe yeah. I think it's gonna pick up there. I mean it's again early in the season. We know February, March, April are kind of the sweet sweet spot there for attendance in our league as well. So let's give it a wait and see. All we right. Don't off, we don't often see back to back. Yeah, home. Games. I can't remember the last time I saw. Usually it. a team, usually teams heading wow. on the road, but to have a nice little homestand like that, it's gonna. There's a lot of stuff going on. As Paul Day was here with us, a, a, I don't know, a month or two ago, saying that there's a lot of events happening in Philadelphia in February and March. So it, they they did have to front load these games. But yeah, if you're if you're a ticket holder in Philly, I'm going to both games. But is everybody going to everybody yeah. going to both games? Or are you trying to pick one? It's a uh, be interesting to see. We shall for well, Roughnecks rescheduling. Yeah. They have to do it twice now, like back to back home games on back to back nights twice. Twice. I don't know. Like I think that's almost an advantage to play back to back home games on back to back days. I almost like feel like that's a big advantage for the home team. I don't know. Well, and financially, it makes sense if you can get the crowd out to both games. Honestly, right? I feel like it's something we'll see more. If it goes well in that save on travel, save on scheduling time, all the rest of it. So, it, yeah, well, I'm interested to see how it plays out. No question. All right. There is Stampede Tax, who you got. It's now time for Cool Bet Canada's Lax Class Locks. It's locked. I hear by the clap. It's a big luck, all right. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. Dollar, dollar, dollar. Dollar, That's what's coming in when one of our parlays comes in. And I should probably just put that on a loop because two of our parlays come in. Brad, you, you're not included in this discussion. Evan, congratulations. <laughs> I'll pat myself on the back. Uh, Jumbo Buck account is juiced up after last week's big win that returned a grand total of $214 into your pocket. I hope you listeners out there were paying attention. And like I said, do not blame me when you lose. Praise me royally when you win. 
and I should be, I'm awaiting the praise in the coming days here for giving you free money, 200 bucks in your yeah. pocket. Evan, what did you cash lucky. in? I got, oh, what was it? It was, I won 198, or profited 198, so it was like a 218. And I'll be honest with you, I got a little bit lucky. The odds changed. So if you actually listened to us last week, you would have said like Philly plus one and a half, New York plus one and a half. You're like, what's this? You know, by the time you saw it, it had flipped. To minus, yeah. Early money went that way. And um, to, the thing is, New York, who I thought was the favorite, lost by one. Philly, who I thought was the favorite, lost by one. So it's still paid. Yeah, I like when they. So I had I got my my two out of the way on Friday night, hit both of those, and then it was Riptide plus one and a half to beat Panther City. When I got the, you know, when I put the parlay down, then I saw the Riptide start go, and I was like, oh no! And then it was nine three, and I was like, are you kidding? This is how this is gonna end like this? Like I was just. I felt bad for the people that actually put down real money and, and endorsed my bet. I felt bad for them. But then the Riptide made the comeback. They still lose the game, but they covered the spread, and the ticket comes home. You're welcome, people. Uh, and and now you're, you're free rolling going into week eight here for our next parlays. And this week, we get boosted odds because we won our previous week's parlay. So stay tuned for this. Coolbet Canada, coolbet.com. Don't forget, if you haven't checked out this yet, do so immediately following this podcast. Coolbet.com, up in the top left corner, bonus code up there. You put lax class in that little box, and Coolbet matches you for your first time deposit up to $200. Conditions apply. Stay cool, bet responsibly. So I've picked my parlay, and uh, the good folks at CoolBet have bumped up the odds. Now, Evan, before we get into this, I want you to explain this new betting feature, because this is a little confusing to me, so surely it will be confusing for Brad. <laughs> so break down this new little feature that they got on CoolBet, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, what they did was, with the handicaps and the over-under, it doesn't apply to Moneyline, but the other two it does. There is a little arrow if you're on CoolBet next to it. So, for example, if you were to look at the Riptide and Wings, the handicap is two and a half. So let's say you didn't like Philly at, to win by three, but you liked them to win by two. You can click on that down arrow and you can select a handicap at one and a half. Now, it adjusts the odds so you don't get as good of odds by doing that. Or if you think the Riptide can cover a smaller number, and get better odds than it is because you look at it. Uh, the wings at are at three twelve, negative three twelve on the money line. If you go to one and a half, it goes to one six negative one sixty seven. So it's a better pay. Also on the over under, if you click on that down arrow, you can adjust it a half a goal in one direction. So Georgia Rochester, which is a over under twenty two, if you're not quite comfortable with that push. You can switch it to 22 and a half. If you're betting the over and you like 22, you're like 23, maybe it's in your best interest to take some enhanced odds on that. Yeah, so your odds just go down a little bit, but the bet essentially becomes a little bit easier to win. Or if you're confident in the, in yeah, the uh, yeah. opposite one, you can get better odds. There you go. 
All right, so, Brad, since you're a loser, no, I'm just kidding. Since you did not win last week, <laughs> you can go first with your Lax Class Lock of the Week. Okay, this week's going to turn things around and, uh, and make some people some money on, and make me some money on the jumbo box here. Okay, give me the New York Riptide, as I just mentioned, over the Philadelphia Wings. This is plus 244. That's big money if New York pulls it out over the Philadelphia Wings. Um, the over under, give me the Georgia Swarm minus 1.5. So if that's a close game, Georgia wins or loses by one, that pays, correct? Say that again. No, they are the favorite. They are the favorite. So they have to win by two on that one. But, oh, sorry, you can flip that. Yeah. You're correct. Yeah, you you can flip that for a minus 238 if you want Georgia to have that one goal cushion. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've got. Okay. And then I've got Philadelphia Wings, Rochester Nighthawks over 21 and a half at minus 110. Put those three together. Total odds plus 1,365. $20 <laughs> pays $292.90. Okay. You be- beat Swinging for the fence boost, this huh? week, Chalice. Beat that with your boost. Swinging for the <laughs> fence. Swinging for the fence. Evan, who you got? As we took earlier, I think the Nighthawks beat the Swarm, so I'm taking them at plus 115 on the money line. Georgia being the favorite, I'm a little surprised, but hey, that's what the odds are. Um, and actually, looking at this board, Philly moved quite a bit, so there must be a lot of money going on Philly to win that game. Uh, the second one is the over-under Rochester-Philly, over 21.5, that's a minus 110. It's minus 110, whichever way you pick it. And the handicap with the Riptide and the Wings, I'm not comfortable with the two and a half, but I am comfortable Philly minus one and a half for minus 167. 20 jumbo bucks pays back 131.25. Not bad, not bad. I went with a a little bit of a a more modest approach this week. Uh, You know, you, you can't, hit the big home run every time up at the plate. So, you know, I figured I got the people some money here. Now you can just have a little sprinkle. Don't sweat things because this is essentially a guaranteed parlay this week, guys. So you're welcome. Here you go. Swarm at Philadelphia. I'm taking Georgia at plus 1.25 for a minus 238. Georgia at Rochester, right? Yes. No, no. Oh, excuse me. George at Rochester. Excuse me. I got Philadelphia down there. I put that in wrong. You're right. It is at Rochester. Plus 1.5 at minus 238. I am going Rochester at Philadelphia. Tell me I'm right on this. Rochester at plus 1.5 at plus 109. So, again, these two teams can lose by a goal or just win the game outright. My final one is the New York Riptide at Philadelphia, over under at 21 and a half. I'm taking the over because nobody likes to play the under at minus 110. Now, originally these odds were at 467, plus 467. But as I mentioned, because I won last week, I got money in your pocket. They've boosted up the odds to 525, which will get you a cool $125. So 145 back on a $20 bet and like i said this is the little little lower key this week don't go for the big hitter 
but you're still coming out 125 bucks ahead here. So why wouldn't you make this bet? I I won last week, so it's a no-brainer as far as I'm concerned. You're welcome. Enjoy the free money for my lax class lock of the week. If but, I'm not mistaken, that boosted odd jacked you up what 12 bucks on a $20 bet? Yeah. Free money. So yeah. All right, fellas. Well, let's uh, see how the games all play out here in week number eight. Another big program is in the books. A big thanks to Patrick Dodds and Craig Rosinski for stopping by. To our fabulous sponsors, of course, Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, Cool Bet Canada, Rycor Construction, and Associate Labels and Packaging, which I just realized I failed to mention. But the Niners won on the weekend. The boss there at ALP is over the moon. Nothing is going to bother him this week and Danny uh, got the earrings done for for Mrs. Ashworth as well there from Beatrice so she's uh, quite excited with her new little gift there as well so all is good with Associated Labels and Packaging, ALP Labels Package, you know the deal thanks to all our sponsors, thanks for listening everybody we'll be back with EP168 next Tuesday, every Tuesday right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for Evan Schemner and Brad Challoner, I've been Jay Kelly for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.